2017. It's Thursday. We've been doing live interviews all week long with speakers and thought leaders and folks that are here attending the conference. And right now, I'm very excited because Esther Verbeese here. Thanks for coming. Thank you for asking me. It's and a pleasure. We're going to probably have to talk about kale at some point. Yeah, we are. Well, let's, let's start with the kale. How's the kale been? Um, the kale is fantastic. This year, I have three kinds of kale in my garden in Duluth. I have Tuscan kale. I have we talked about the Russian rubbing of the kale. Tuscan kale. No, no, you don't generally have to rub the Tuscan kale. Well, massage the Tuscan kale. Massage, it's the sorry. early kale you have to massage because uh, okay. otherwise right. you chew it for a month and then you right. just give up and spit it out. And the Russian kale, how is, what's the... Um, the Russian kale is a lobe leaf kale. Okay. Red Russian kale, so the stems are kind <laughs> Got of red color. What does and that mean, I, lobe leaf? It's not a curly leaf, and it's oh, okay. not a dino. Right. Okay. <clears throat> dino? Dino kale, sometimes called Tuscan kale. Okay. Which is... A, the hard kale. You have to no, massage it. No, 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 that's the curly... It's a little oil. That's the curly kale. I have so much trouble keeping it straight. Okay. All right. It's good for you, unless you have a heart, artificial heart valve. Right. Then it's really bad for you. Or you just don't. Still good for you. So, <laughs> all right, we've got that out of the way. Yes, now, we're done with the kale. And I actually thought of a question. I, I oh, want to surprise excellent. you with at the end. It was the kale. But, See, even yeah, I, even thinking about, about it. no, because I've been helped your brain function all week long. I've been trying to think about how to ask you the question I want to ask you. So, but first, we'll talk about your session. So, um, <clears throat> creating an environment for successful agile teams that was on Monday. Yes. And change artists' superpowers. Yes. And change in an agile manner on Wednesday. Yes. So. Let's start out with talking about leading change. That's something that a lot of people really struggle with, mm -hmm. right? How do I make them do this? How do I get them to want to do it? My advice lately has been: you don't, you can't. <laughs> yeah, go get a new job somewhere else. Give up else. on the idea that you, yeah. you know, you're going to make people do things. Okay. Um, so that session was, um, you know, in general, I think about um, change as a matter of you have to center yourself okay. so that you can bring your best thinking and your best emotional self to the problems you have to solve. You have to enter the other people's system. Okay. And then and only then can you turn it. Okay. Right? So so what I was focusing on in this particular session, which I call the change artist superpowers, right. um, is closely related to what they talk about in social sciences as use of self. Okay. So you can have a big old stack of professional skills and models and knowledge and expertise, but how you bring your personality your personality itself and right. your personal characteristics you should bear, up. how you show up, yeah. um, has a big impact on how effective you are. Okay. Despite, you know, your big old stack of, of, of professional skills. Yeah. So, so this was really about what are a handful of the important traits that you can practice okay. and cultivate in yourself that will... Um, enhance your ability to bring change to organizations. Okay. Well, can you give us one of them? Well, I, I, I can give you, I, I have a very long list of them, actually. Oh, we have but all these things. I know. But, um, <laughs> so I, I think the first one is curiosity. Okay. Which is, you know, when you, when you hear someone say, make a statement like, um, I have to. I actually have to demonstrate this because there's okay. are, are almost always a hand gesture. Is going to be an injury? Okay. No. Those people aren't accountable. I just do it like that. Or that. Yeah. Um, you know, I often hear people make statements like that in organizations, and then I get curious about, yeah. well, what's really going on, and what are they being held accountable for, and who's really making these Why didn't you take your meds this morning? Well, <laughs> that one usually doesn't <laughs> pop into my mind. But... Um, 
So I, I, rather than take a lot of things on, on face value about how people are describing the problem, I get curious about it because they may have incomplete knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, they are characterizing it from a particular mental model out of which they have not yet been able to solve it. Yeah. So I start probing those, those things. Maybe about how are they, what are their patterns of thinking? Um, what's actually happening? Yeah. What's holding the pattern in place? Okay. You know, so that's curiosity is one of the um, um, change artist superpowers. Okay. Um, empathy. Yeah, big deal. It's a huge deal because if you are willing to say, you know, you don't have to fix people's emotions, you don't have to make them feel better or have the same, but if but you can you say, do, this is valid, I mean, I, I can yeah, see how you, you feel this you have to way. understand their point of view if you, you want well, to be able to create change. Absolutely, and I think there's, there's three kinds of empathy. There's emotional empathy, which is pe- what people usually think about. Right. Um, there's cognitive empathy, which is how do they think about things, yeah. and point of view empathy, which is I can see how it looks from your standpoint. That's pretty cool. I've not heard it broken yeah. down that way before. Okay. Yeah, so so extending empathy is free. Yeah. But it makes a huge difference in change. You know, when people feel listened so, to, they are more likely to But if I'm holding to on to my thing mm-hmm. and I'm super angry about the other person's point of view, it's not free to let go of that and to go, you know, Get on the other side well, of the that's, from it. that's I where, let go that's of my where centering hatred. that's where centering yeah. comes in. Okay, you have to center yourself and and consider you know your own needs, the other okay. people's needs, and the needs of the context. Okay, right, okay. and and, and you know, so if you're already if you're already coming at it from a place of anger, then you know maybe you need to reassess that. Okay. Now, and there are legitimate reasons to be angry. You yeah. know, I'm not saying nobody should ever be angry. There are many things I, that make me angry. Like kale makes me angry. I'm glad that you love it so much. I think it's wonderful. Well, I, I you know, it brings you I, you joy. Know, it brings am, my wife joy. It brings I am a lot eating of Tim, the kale, Tim so you don't have kale, to. I'm grateful. If you could yeah, eat the rest see? of the mushrooms, that would be really cool. Mushrooms um, and chard are good. <laughs> so, what about uh, creating an environment for su- successful agile teams? Um, well, Kurt Lewin, who okay. is a, a, a organizational psychologist. Um, captured a great deal of wisdom about organizations in a simple equation, which okay. is behavior is a function of the person and the environment. Okay. Or, in the case of teams, the persons and the environment. Okay. And we put a lot of effort in most organizations into hiring people. Yeah. And we want smart people. We want people with these skills. We want all these. But if you put them into a crappy environment, right, I've They're only going to be. Been you've person. been there, oh, or you've been in a crowd. Well, they tell you it's yeah. one way, and you get there, and you're like, and it's "Wait, where? Different. What the hell?" Right. Yeah. So, so mo- there's a lot of focus on the people, but yeah. not so much on the environment. Okay. So, what we did in that session was gathered our own data. So, I had people do a little timeline of their experience okay. as a team member. Yeah. And then we looked at that data through a model that comes out of um, Richard Hackman's research okay. about the environmental conditions that support collaborative teamwork yeah. and effective teamwork. Okay. And we looked at how you can adjust those things that are all environmental to make it more likely that a team's going to be effective. You can't guarantee it 100%, but you can make it much more. Is it things like, <clears throat> I think I know what the answer is going to be, but I just want to check in on this. Um, we want a collaborative, we're going to have one big room, everyone's going to sit together, 
Well, that's all of one aspect of it. Does it have to be that way, or can no, there be people I mean, who I, don't want want that? Um, who don't you know, Well, that. the environment contains much more than the office space. Okay. So, so when I think about the conducive environment, I think about is it a real team? Okay. So they are mutually accountable for a goal. They have complementary skills. Mm-hmm. Um, they support each other. They support each other. Um, they have a compelling goal. They know they can articulate what problem are we solving or what benefit are we creating for what group of people. Yeah. They have information about how their work fits into the big picture. Okay. They have um, material support. So they have the machines and the equipment and the software and the office space they need. Okay. They have access to outside expertise because you never have the perfect set of skills on a team. And finally, they have feedback loops, including a connection okay. to the organization. So there is someone who's waiting eagerly for their work, and they have those feedback loops that help them self-correct and steer. Okay. So you're going to need right. all those things. To go you need all of those okay. things. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, we did a little analysis in our, in our uh, workshop to, so people could look at. Get a better sense know, of it. Where is my team? Do we, are, we up, are we on a five out of five on this, or are we at a one? And there were some really interesting insights people had. And about, did they get some kind of thing they could do to figure out how to yeah, tune it up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't we didn't go into detail about it, but you know, some people ideas. definitely left with an idea about um, we don't have a goal together. We're just we're five people who get along really well and go out for drinks once in a while, but we yeah. don't have a shared goal. Okay. So What's yeah, there, and I heard compelling? stories from many many people about what you know what they thought they might do when they get okay. back to work. So oh, I was great. looking at my notepad because I want to ask you oh. about this other thing, and it's got a really long title, and then I want to ask you my surprise question. <laughs> oh, the surprise question. Clarity. Is it about rhubarb? No, it's oh. actually about your, your, the book that you're most, I would say you're most famous for. Clarity, Conditions, and Constraints in mm-hmm. Organizational Domains. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that I see many managers struggle with yeah. is how do we manage if we're not going to do top-down control. Okay. And this, these are the keys for managing in complexity. You pay attention to clarity, which okay. is a sort of a tractor. Are people really clear on what business we're in, what product we're making, how that fits in the market, the problem we're trying to solve, all of that sort of thing? Um, do we have the conditions, which right. is in, at the team level related to what I was just talking about? Yeah. And do we have appropriate constraints? Okay. Um, and the constraints at the macro level are often, you know, what would we always do for a customer? What would we okay. never do Worth with a customer? Yeah. You know, what, how do we treat employees? What do we always do? What would we never do? Is that something you can define up front? I mean, it seems like you would figure that line out after you fell over it. Uh, I think it's helpful to, to, to come up with some heuristics that okay. will guide actions and interactions and decision-making across a broad array of, of situations. Typically, companies have policies right. that try to anticipate every particular situation that could come up, yeah. right? which you can't do, particularly in a complex system. Yeah. Right? So I, I find having a set of heuristics okay. is Some super helpful for those kind of global constraints. And then, and then you know, at different levels of, or different parts of the organization, if you're like at the team level, you might have constraints around decision-making. Okay. Like you can buy whatever... Testing software. Up to X amount of dollars. Yeah, up to X amount of yeah. dollars. And if you you know if the best one in the world is ten dollars more than that, let's have a conversation. Okay. Right. So why do you think so many people skip the clarity part? Like I, when you said that, I'm thinking like the last time somebody in my class raised their hand when I said who has a vision statement, or they don't know why yeah. their companies. Why is that so often ignored? Well, I think part of the reason is that. Um, 
as companies get larger, and I actually see this starting at about 20 people, there's a bifurcation okay. of knowledge. Okay. And so if you're, you know, if you're in a smaller company, it's the founders know all the contextual yeah. knowledge. And they, it's so embedded yeah, in their they heads, are, yeah. they just assume everybody gets it. Um, and the, the people... Sorry, inside joke. Uh, Go ahead. Sna- You've never, never seen happened. anything never like that. Anything never, like that. can't, can't never. imagine how that would happen. Um, and the, the people who are actually doing, you know, building the products in the ser- or delivering the services, um, they know how things get done day to day. Yeah. And the bigger the organization gets, the the, the, spread. the, the more those bifurcate. Yeah. And there's typically a little overlap between those um, two sets of knowledge that lives with middle management. Okay. I often draw this as two triangles, you know. In okay. the, and there's that little diamond that's the overlap. So you have to make the diamond bigger. Okay. Because... Bigger diamonds are always a good thing, right? Diamonds are good. Yeah, big diamonds. All right, I'm gonna. I don't want to take up too okay, much more time, but I have question. an actual question. <gasps> this is. I'm actually. This is me asking the question. Ask okay. what you need help. It's possible that I might be somebody who is involved in trying to run a retrospective for a large distributed team of consultants. Mm, that's a tough one. Who are separated geographically, yep. Yep. working on different accounts, and. It's, so it's not like a regular retrospective. It's not mm-hmm. even like a distributed team retrospective because everybody's working on different things. Mm-hmm. Is there any advice you can give me on things? I mean, so it's always a virtual deal. Sure. Right? And we've tried a number sure. of different things. I'm struggling to find a really good way to do it. Have you, are there any success patterns that you've seen that make that work really well? Well, the first question I have is what do these groups have in common that we they might be working? all work at the same company. Okay. And do you have a goal? I'm sorry. Uh, this friend of mine. Oh, this, this. this, you're asking for a friend. Okay. So this friend of yours to the, is in his company. Do yes. these folks have some common thing that they're working towards? Absolutely. Some company goal? Well, I think they're working, obviously, to help the company advance, but also the ideas right. behind the company. There's a certain way of doing things, a certain way of helping other organizations transform. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the first thing I would start looking into is how are you framing the focus of the retrospective. Okay. Since, you know, for them to come up with some insights or understandings or pathways forward um, that are common, it has to be common to the company, something that's common to all of them. Okay. A common desire or goal. Right. So if 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 there isn't a common desire or goal, then... We're all just swinging at different trees. Right. Then why have a, why have a retrospective that involves everybody? If, okay. On the other hand, if, if what you're looking at, sorry, I have to occasionally sip my That's lovely okay. yeah, yeah. Um, beverage that helps my throat. The, the conference has been a little rough on us. A cold? No, it was rough foot. before. I was, I was in a, tropi- I was in a tropical place where okay. they have many mosquito-borne illnesses. Uh-huh. And I came back from there. I got bitten by a mosquito. Hopefully you don't have that. So I had to go through Zika. all of the symptoms. And I eliminated Zika yeah. and chikungunya. And I don't even know what that is. Oh, you don't want chikungunya. <laughs> and dengue. Okay. So I just had a cold. I know what that is. I, I just had a cold. That one. Okay. So, um, but I, you know, I had a cold for two weeks. And then the hoof. And then the hoof the <laughs> the started hurting. So... Yeah, it's kind of pitiful. But you've been, you've pitiful. been, I've been hobbling, sticking it out. I've been yeah. hobbling around. Okay. Yes, I've been hobbling. So you, do, so, oh, go ahead. so going back to your retrospective, if you want to look for patterns, right? Then it might be useful to say, okay, let's have the people in this location and this location well, and this location do their this own. Account, this account, this sure. account, and then roll and that then, up. And then what's common across these accounts? Yeah. Okay. So there's two ways you could approach it. Okay. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate you putting up with my surprise coaching question. No, <laughs> totally no problem. To I, think, I think about these things a lot. Cool. So if people want to find you, EsterDerby.com. Yes. Just remember to put the H in ester, E-S-T-H-E-R. Otherwise, it is an acid molecule and an alcohol molecule. We don't want to do that. Well, some people say that describes my college career, but that's not accurate. All right. Never did acid. I am not going anywhere near that. (laughs) Um, Obviously, the books, right? Yeah. Especially retrospectives, I tell everyone. Yeah. Well, actually, I've been talking to people about... um, I have a whole bunch of essays about retrospectives that I've written new books? since that came out. And I, I, yeah, I think I should probably gather them up into a book. I think you should, too. Uh, I should finish the other two books I'm working on. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think you know, I should. Maybe you could find somebody who starting. can help you learn about a process that would help you get work done in short work cycles. Really? <laughs> All right, there's, gotta... a, there's a PMI booth downstairs that can help you. <laughs> was cruel. That no, was I'm very joking. Cruel. I kid because I love. I'm very proud to be a member of PMI and proud to be a PMP. Um, so this was great. I hope you yeah. feel better. Well, thank you. But thank, thank you. For you. I'm going to go to urgent care on my way home from the airport. I think that's probably a good idea. But take care of yourself. Yeah, I will. Thank and you. Thank you for watching. All the rest of the day, we're going to be doing interviews here live from Agile 2017.